From our studios in North Florida, it's in black and white. And now your host, the baby-faced assassin of freedom, Jerry Brooks. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and patriots of all ages, welcome again to In Black and Right, the new definition of color commentary. And as always, I am your host, the baby-faced assassin of freedom, Jerry Brooks, also your tour guide through the increasingly wackadoodle world of Joe Biden's America. And believe me, it's getting nuttier all the time, more corrupt all the time, and more sick, twisted, and evil all the time. And uh, before we get into today's adventure in podcasting, uh, just wanted to let you know, number one, our second episode of In Black and White Daily is available on our Rumble page. Uh, You can just simply, the easiest way to get there is go to our website, inblackandright.net, Go to our uh, homepage, just scroll down just a little bit, and you'll find a link to our Rumble page. And all of our videos, uh, including In Black and Right Daily, as a new part of the In Black and Right family of programs. Even though it's only two, but hey, it's okay. We're going to probably do some more here later in the year. Anyway, my friends, also, if you want to send us Email, questions, comments, shout-outs, what have you. Just simply go to inblackandright at gmail.com and let us know what you're thinking about uh, the audio podcast and there's room for comments on the video podcast. Love to hear back from you. All right, folks, hang on and strap in. This is going to get a little bit crazy. Uh, First of all, uh, breaking news earlier today. Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg uh, bought and paid for George Soros' slave, amongst all the others that he's bought, has now sued Congressman Jim Jordan, the chair of the House Judiciary Committee and the House GOP, in an attempt to stop them from interfering in the Trump case, according to uh, JustTheNews.com. The 50-page suit was filed in federal court in the Southern District of New York, which just might be a little bit friendly uh, to Mr. Bragg and all of the other, well, highly skunky people that uh, have been involved in the case, especially, and I'm not going to forget him, Matt Colangelo. Oh, yes, the link between Bragg's DA office in New York and the Biden White House. And we'll get into that a little bit later. But apparently, looking into this, uh, looking at the story here uh, at In Just the News, now, in part, just a little bit of the article, the 50-page suit was filed in federal court in the Southern District of New York and accuses Jordan, chairman of the most chairman of the powerful House Judiciary Committee of, quote-unquote, a brazen and unconstitutional attack on the, pro- quote-unquote, so on the prosecution, Trump, and a, quote-unquote, transparent campaign to intimidate and attack Bragg. Now, this is according to the New York Slimes, uh, Times, and, well, yeah, 
we just simply, uh, you know, you, you can take it for whatever it's worth. Uh, now, next, a uh, little bit further in the story, Jordan, as chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, has already subpoenaed Mark Pomerantz, a former prosecutor who worked on the Manhattan District's attorney investigation into Trump. Now, the whole thing with Mark Pomerantz, who's trying to fight the subpoena, this Mark Pomerantz actually did work in the Manhattan DA's office, but apparently got thoroughly upset when, at first, uh, Bragg's predecessor didn't want to get into the case. And also, uh, Bragg himself uh, didn't want to get into it for a while until he uh, got a hold of Mark, uh, not Mark, Matt Colangelo from the Justice Department and came and worked for, uh, for Bragg. Oh, pardon me. And so, yeah, there's all kinds of really skunky stuff going on. And this whole thing with Colangelo, and I'm only starting to get into that and what his connection is, but probably the best person who's got the 411 on Mr. Colangelo is Mike Davis of the Article 3 Project. And I'm working hard to see if I can get him, get an interview with him, even though I know he's a hard man to get a hold of, but I'm going to keep trying because his insights into this whole case with Bragg, the Biden DOJ, the White House, everything, he's got the 411 and can explain it a lot better than I can. So you can pray for me and uh, hopefully getting uh, Mike Davis on the show. But, yeah, this is just another sad example of the really highly hinky stuff, the corruption, uh, the connections, everything that doesn't seem to quite make sense. But apparently, uh, Alvin Bragg doesn't quite understand the concept. If you're using federal funds for a state case... Anything that has federal funds attached to it comes under the, this, uh, the jurisdiction and the oversight of Congress. Period. Get over it. But let's see how, uh, how much integrity exists in the current uh, justice system and the legal profession because I'm not holding my breath. I'm definitely not. But what can you do, folks? What can you do? So there's definitely, hang tight, there's, stay tuned, because there's more coming. Oh, there absolutely is. But another thing that just absolutely drives me bonkers. Now, another story here. Uh, judge threatens parents with massive penalties for challenging school anti-racism dogma. Now, and this is according to lawyers in the report, but the subheadline, Obama appointee deems teachers' First Amendment claims quote-unquote frivolous in challenge to anti-racism training in a Missouri school district orders them to pay nearly $313,000. I'm like, what in the... Oh, no, 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 no. 
That's just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And I'm just looking at some of the stories, part of the story here. Uh, two teachers challenging the constitutionality of compelled anti-racism training have been ordered to pay nearly $313,000 in their Missouri school district's legal fees under a ruling their lawyers called overtly hostile, quote-unquote, and meant to scare off future lawsuits by parents and teachers. Again, quote-unquote. The Southeastern Legal Foundation is appealing the U.S. District Judge Douglas Harpool's summary judgment in favor of Springfield Public Schools, Springfield, Missouri, and the six-figure award against their clients, Brooke Henderson and Jennifer Lumley, according to an 8th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals notice Friday. Excuse the heck out of me, but that is just way over the top just because some school district in Missouri wants to teach CRT. Now, I, I, I'm, I'm just blown away by this, and I'm a little stunned, but... Well, when you're talking CRT, you're talking mama bear territory. And one of the pioneering mama bears, I had the absolute pleasure of meeting uh, in December of last year, around Christmas time, uh, and that is Keisha King. Uh, another Florid a fellow Floridian uh, from the Jacksonville area and definitely one of the pioneers of the Mama Bear movement and the Parents' Rights movement along with others here in the state of Florida and it's paid off big dividends. But I want to play from this remarkable lady her testimony that she gave in regards to CRT and help you all to understand. Now, just to let you know, Keisha King is black. And a black conservative. I'm like, oh my gosh, I love this woman. She's absolutely remarkable and amazing. But two minutes will tell you how smart this lady is, how articulate this lady is, in taking apart CRT as a black woman as a mom and let's go for it keisha king one who's in the duval county public school system and one in private school thanks to school choice i'm also a member of moms for liberty uh, representing thousands of parents just coming off of may 31st marking the 100 years of the tulsa riots it is sad that we are even contemplating something like critical race theory where children will be separated by their skin color and deemed permanently oppressors or oppressed in 2021. That is not teaching the truth, unless you believe that whites are better than blacks. I have personally heard teachers teaching CRT, and we have had an assembly shut down because Duval County Public School System consultant thought it would be a great idea to separate students by race. This is unacceptable. CRT is not racial sensitivity or simply teaching unfavorable American history or teaching Jim Crow history. CRT is deeper and more dangerous than that. CRT and its outworking today is a teaching that there is a hierarchy in society where white, male, heterosexual, able-bodied people are deemed the oppressor and anyone else outside of that uh, status is oppressed. 
that's why we see corporations like Coca-Cola asking their employees to be less white, which is ridiculous. I don't know about you, but telling my child or any child that they are in a permanent oppressed status in America because they are black is racist, and saying that white people are automatically above me, my children, or any child is racist as well. This is not something that we can stand for in our country. And don't take it from me, look at the writers of these types of uh, publications. Our ancestors, white, black, and others, hung, bled, and died right alongside each other to push America towards that more perfect union. If this continues, we will look back and be responsible for the dismantling of the greatest country in the world by reverting to teaching hate and that race is a determining factor on where your destiny lies. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you go, girl. You go, girl. Keisha King. Um, oh, my gosh. I, I would love to interview her again. Uh, actually, if you go to our Rumble page and you scroll down, you can find my interview with Keisha King that I did back in January of this year. And this is just another example of why this lady is absolutely nothing short of remarkable. Uh, you'll learn a lot about her uh, and why I absolutely respect and admire her uh, in the interview that I did with her. Now, this is just messed up. Okay, it's just messed up. I mean, I just did the story yesterday. The Atlanta Public Schools looking to segregate black kids and white kids during their summer school. Segregated summer school. Holy cow, folks. Have we, have we gotten over this? Haven't we? I'm sick of it. I mean, I don't understand what it is that these people are thinking in their minds with CRT. I don't get it. There was no CRT when I was going to grade school and I went to a government school. There was none of this nonsense. None of it. But, oh my gosh, somebody help me. When I look at this and I see this, and you have to have people like Keisha King, the Moms for Liberty, a lot of them are Floridians, and God bless each and every one of them, but this is nuts. This is absolutely nuts. And Florida is very fortunate to have a governor who won't put up with this nonsense either. Uh, with CRT, with gender ideology, uh, with none of that. And yay happy. I'm grateful for that. I am totally grateful for that. Ah, oh, mercy. But as we continue on... This is another wacky, another wackadoodle sort of thing. Uh, D.C. funeral shooting sees one dead and three injured. Now, here we are only at Tuesday. And in the last 24 to 36 hours, we've had shootings, two of them as a matter of fact, in Louisville, Kentucky. One of the people who died was a police officer who just graduated the police academy days before and unfortunately got shot in the head during all of this. And that's sad. That's truly sad. But now D.C., I mean, at a funeral? At a funeral home? 
Holy cow, folks! I, I mean, ay 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 ay. What is going on? I mean, DC is supposed. I mean, it is the swamp, and yes, it is a breeding ground for all kinds of crime. And Bowser, Muriel Bowser, the mayor, won't let the Metro Police do their dang jobs. But holy cow! At a at a funeral, no less. Oh man, the irony of that is just weird and really creepy to me. You do a mass shooting at a funeral home. Oh my lord! And and the victim who was being buried was a victim of homicide. Oh. If that is if that doesn't creep you out, I don't know what will. But my God, it, that, this is just too weird. I mean, really weird. But I'll tell you what, this is even this is way nutty. But now let's move on to something a little more interesting. Uh, apparently, according to a report in Breitbart, on Breitbart News, Joe Biden's White House was involved in the raid on Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate. Now, of course, they'll scream, you know, oh, no, 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 it was terrible. Well, according to the story, Biden's administration was involved in the raid of Mar-a-Lago through a quote-unquote special access request according to documents obtained from the National Archives by America First Legal. Now, just reading just a little bit of this, um, on August 8, 2022, the FBI raided Mar-a-Lago on the grounds of retrieving alleged classified documents According to the establishment media, the Biden administration officials were stunned to hear of the unprecedented action. The archives also claimed that it had not, that it quote-unquote had not been involved in the DOJ investigation. Well, okay, whatever. But documents showed the FBI obtained access to the records through a special access request from the Biden White House on behalf of the DOJ, contradicting what the archives told Congress, America First Legal revealed Monday. Well, well, and well. Hmm, seems a lot of things get connected to the Biden White House. I mean, the Mar-a-Lago raid, uh, Alvin Bragg and his uh, lame case against Trump, Blah, blah, blah. I mean, oh my goodness, how much and how many of these high-profile investigations get connected to the White House? Hmm? I don't know. But folks, that's just plain sick. And they, and they left a paper trail. That's what just cracks me up. But yeah... It's uh, pretty nuts. <laughs> pretty darn nuts. And plus, uh, 
oh, let's throw a little bit something extra into this. Now, say, from Breitbart News, 70% feel financially stressed in Joe Biden's America, according to a recent poll. Now, 70% of Americans feel financially stressed in President Joe Biden's America, a CBC Your Money financial confidence survey revealed Tuesday. Well, duh. Well, <laughs> I'm surprised it's that low. I would have thought with all the really dumb stuff, the Biden economic team and their wackadoodle policies have done to all kinds of Americans all over the country with gas, the attack on the energy industry, gasoline's going up again, food prices. I'm seeing eggs still at over $5 a dozen. $5 a dozen. Plus, you've got housing costs. Uh, utility cost, electricity, uh, cable, other utilities. So yeah, 70%? I would have thought it would have been more. <laughs> and then, of course, let's throw in the recent bank failures into this whole mess. The equation gets weirder and weirder every time. You keep adding these things to it and of course hey you know the happy talk it's like no we're fine our banking system's strong yeah coming out of the mouths of people like Biden and Janet Yellen or Grandma Janet Yellen and all of that that is one dingy broad I'm sorry I know that sounds harsh but you know hey I ain't worried about it I'm really not worried about it but yeah 70%. Man, I would have thought it would have been more than that, but 70% is uh, pretty good. That's a very healthy majority, and it's not just Republicans and Independents. I'm willing to bet it's Democrats, too. Yeah, they're just loving it. And for all these new TikTok influencers that the White House is trying to uh, recruit and bring into his campaign uh, to reach out to younger folks. GOP, you better get with the program and step it up because these dingy kids, most of them are just Gen Xers who just take the DNC talking points and try to make it cool, make it hip. And I'm going, ah, uh, yeah, okay, whatever. Absolutely whatever. So, yeah. Because these, most of these kids, these Gen X kids, college kids, many of them have been programmed by their universities and have become nothing more than social justice drones. And frankly, that's kind of scary. But not going to worry about it right now because we're way, way far away from the 2024 race. But, one thing I wanted to end on today that caught my interest. Uh, even though we're well over a year away from even the start of the primaries, but there are people now who are throwing their hats in the ring. And in the state of Arizona, which absolutely just blows my mind, 
considering there's, the Arizona Supreme Court is still duking it out uh, with uh, Carrie Lake and racist, gov racist Im Ill frankly, illegitimate governor, uh, Katie Hobbs. And, yeah, so there's still that. And plus you're dealing with uh, the legal challenges by Mark Fincham, who ran for Secretary of State, and Abe Hamaday, only just a couple hundred votes short of uh, becoming Attorney General. And that's really nuts. But, one person who has thrown his hat into the ring for next year for the Senate race in Arizona is Pinal County Sheriff Mark Lamb. And I thought, whoa, now this is interesting. Now, of course, Mark Lamb has had a lot of exposure on the national news scene by Fox and by other networks uh, about the situation uh, on the border with everything going on. But I want to play, uh, apparently, his uh, announcement video because it just seemed so... It made a connection with me because this is a guy who's been there, done that, doing the sequel, and he can't seem to get help to do his job, but I want to play this, and just to let you hear, this is, I have a feeling, this is going to be one interesting Republican primary uh, in Arizona next year for the Senate, because cinema has got problems, and the Arizona Democrat Party is the least of them. So let's play, I want to play this, so Mark Lamb's announcement, going to run for Senate. We begin with a tragedy out of the East Valley where a baby and young man are killed in a collision. Those victims have been identified as family members of Pinal County Sheriff Mark Lamb. We lost our son and our one-year-old granddaughter eight days before Christmas. There's simply no pain that compares to losing a child, let alone a grandbaby. I will forever have a hole in my heart. Throughout this difficult time, Janelle and I have prayed a lot, we've cried a lot, we've also hugged our other children and grandchildren just a little bit tighter. During his life, our son Cooper struggled with drug addiction. He even spent time in my jail for issues stemming from fentanyl abuse. Almost every Arizona family, even the sheriff's family, is being touched by this drug crisis. As the sheriff of Pinal County, I have been on the front lines of this border fight. I have personally carried the dead bodies from the ditches, rescued children from sex trafficking, and arrested gang members and drug dealers. I know what deadly drugs and the criminals peddling them are doing to families and communities. I know what it did to my family. We need leaders in this country that aren't too politically correct to protect us. And that's why I'm running for the United States Senate. If Washington can spend $100 billion defending Ukraine's borders, we can finish the wall and keep our own communities safe. It's time to declare the drug cartels terrorist organizations and use military force to wipe them out just like we did to ISIS. American lives are on the line. And we must fight to save them. I'll stand up to the woke left and the weak politicians in Washington. Secure our border and support our law enforcement. Defend our Second Amendment and the right to life. Cutting wasteful spending 
fighting inflation and putting more money back in your pocket. These are the fights we must win. Washington needs a new sheriff in town. I'm Sheriff Mark Lamb. Let's get to work. Whoa. I, I know you couldn't watch what I was watching when I was watching this video. I mean, yes, you heard and the music and everything, but man, this, those, some of the images there, wow. I mean, boom, 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 down the line. And I can only uh, just like, wow. Hey, Arizona, keep an eye on this guy because he's definitely, this is a guy with real world experience dealing with the crap that Arizonans have to deal with. The death, the the drugs, the crime, the trafficking of kids and other human beings. Yeah, this is a guy that really catches my attention and I wanted to end the show with that today because it gives me hope and I have a lot of friends in Arizona and I love them and I love them all. I actually even considered moving uh, the show out to Arizona, but, uh, it didn't quite work out, but, yeah, so, Arizona, stay sharp, this guy could really, really shake some things up, because if you're gonna get people like do-nothing Doug Ducey running for the Senate, uh, yeah, that's not gonna help, trust me, I was there, living in Arizona, when Ducey was in office, and the man was a doofus then, and an even bigger doofus now that he's out of office, along with the rest of the McCain cadre, channeling John McCain uh, to try to ruin uh, all the Trump supporters who are down in Arizona. Because Maricopa County, <laughs> Maricopa County is a true, and the Board of Supervisors are a truly sick and evil joke. But... Uh, before I start going on a rant on that, I'll save that one for later. But folks, thank you so much for listening today. As always, you can find In Black and Right wherever you get your podcast. Just simply look for In Black and Right or our flaming microphone, sort of our uh, way of our trademark of sorts. So enjoy and also check out in Black and Right Daily as we're continuing on our premiere week. And it's going to be fun. So my friends, take care of yourself. Have your, uh, and have a wonderful evening. God bless you guys. And as always, Patriots come in all colors.